0: co-host crystal
1: and i'm your other co-host robert and this is reenacted an unsolved mysteries podcast and this is our special celebration of yeah of this podcast we've reached we are celebrating ourselves <laughs> yes this time <laughs> in our remarkable achievement we, we made it to a hundred episodes
0: yeah, we made it 200 episodes. So if you're listening to this numerically on your podcatcher, it says 101, but actually it's the hundredth episode because we have removed our very first episode from existence.
1: So, so technically, so this is a, it's not incorrect. Yes. Uh, it's
0: not incorrect, and I and I guess if you're counting all the little Halloween mini. Sodes that we did you know this is probably like a number 104 or 5 something like that but we yeah. don't number the halloween ones no so no,
1: those are just special little occasions those stuff are special that, for you yeah they're they're the listener yeah they're not part of the the narrative so to speak and i know crystal so- that you <laughs> that you said you wanted to keep this uh short yeah let's short, give the people what they want but uh yeah. i i don't know i i I just, uh, I'm so moved by this occasion. Wow. I just, I want to say, I want to say some things. I want to, uh-huh. I want to thank everyone who has listened to this show. It continues yeah. to unnerve and terrify me that there are people who, not only have listened to the podcast, but do so on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i just amazed by that uh, every yeah. time I think about it. And I appreciate all of you who who have stuck with us and sat through some really random stories that Crystal and I like to <laughs> talk about. And, and the ones who did that without them voicing their, their complaints on yeah. anywhere. And yeah,
0: uh, thank you for, thank you for the, the silent majority out there who are just listening to this nonsense.
1: <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, and yeah, it's cause we started doing this podcast in the fall of 2017.
0: That's right. Yeah, we've been doing it for a little over four years now.
1: That's so strange. Yeah. That the, I, yeah. It it feels simultaneous. I know this is highly cliche to say, but it simultaneously feels like it's uh, been that long, but not long at all. And yeah. Yes, and I just want to say that I I really appreciate. Having had the chance to to do this podcast, um, uh, first and foremost, because it's given me occasion to speak with you at least every other week. Aww, and same, yeah, same, bud. Yeah, and that's just um, it, it. It's all it's all worth it, if if just for that. But uh, Aww. yeah.
0: Well, I think that's very sweet, Robbie. I did want to keep this short, but I think it is important to thank everyone who stuck with us. and it, And it blows my mind, as someone, uh, I, I, you know, Robbie, you were really great recent at a recent event about promoting the pod to people. But I think people who have known me for years had no idea I had a podcast, <laughs> and it's only uh, because I'm really terrible at self promotion. Um, mm. and, and and that's sort of it's this is nothing to shake a stick at i mean the fact that thousands of people each week listen to this is is uh, and, and they're not even people we know yes and they're all over the world this is is really stunning when i when i get to sit, sit back and think about it um so yeah thank you to everyone this has been uh, it sounds like we're quitting the podcast we're not we just thought it would be convenient because we just wrapped up season five of Unsolved Mysteries and we hit this little milestone that it might be really nice to just take a minute and take a breath and um so we're not quitting but in true 90s fashion if you remember whenever uh you know a sitcom or you know gosh even original Star Trek did this when you had a mid-season hiatus uh They would uh, put together a little clip show and try to pass it off as a regular episode um, to get you to watch. And you would feel cheated because if you were a regular viewer of that sitcom or television show, you would have known all the bits already that they were going to show you. And having tuned in that week because it was the 90s and TiVo didn't exist and Hulu and Netflix and streaming certainly didn't, uh, you took time out of your day to sit down and watch that clip show. And uh, so that's what we're going to do here is cheat you guys (laughs) with our um, 100th episode celebratory clip show. Robbie and I went back through the back catalog, which is uh, extensive at this point, and pulled uh, some of our favorite segments and bits from various episodes of Unsolved Mysteries going all the way back to the very early recordings. Um, so, uh, with that in mind, um, let's jump to, uh, Robbie, you have a, you have a seg. you got a clip queued up here, yeah? You want to introduce it?
1: Absolutely. And this is definitely something I thought a lot about beforehand. Oh, really? And did a lot of planning for, and, um, you know, like, thoroughly went back through the archives as, as you said, and, um, you know, try to get a, as exhaustive a feel as for the width and and depth of all of our work from the yeah. very beginning.
0: Maybe the girth.
1: Yeah. Of the work. I, I, I understand that's important as well. Um, yeah. Uh, at least according to some Twitter spaces that I've been listening to recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I really feel that the uh, this 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 clip that this s- s- uh, excerpt if you will from a pre previous episode uh really truly um is a definitive piece of our our work and uh i I feel that I did a lot of research in putting this together um
0: I really wanted to get past all that so we could talk about what really matters at the end of the show.
1: oh yes, which yes. is we
0: have an unexplained segment
1: it's It's our first like miraculous occurrence sort of segment uh and it's about a goddamn rock
0: mm-hmm. Boy, is it!
1: Um, now, Robert Stack tries to pump it up. He he, he says that it's a part Tom Sawyer and Huckaberry Finn, part fairy tale. Mm-hmm. But no, it's about a goddamn rock. Yeah, um, and we get
0: some really sick flute music too. Uh,
1: yes, I oh, that's totally in my notes. Um, we shoot to Saturday, May Fourteenth, nineteen eighty-eight, and two boys are playing somewhere along the Canadian U.S. border um one's named jamie park the other's named trevor johnson and they totally have this flute music i mean you'd you'd think they're about to encounter a bunch of flying little fairies or something uh but instead what they find is a rock and it's got a bunch of shapes carved on it like circles and half circles and triangle and some other stuff uh, the kids in the reenactment itself are a little bit better actors than the kids in the first segment. And one of them said, when they're speculating about the age, one of them says that maybe that's from eons of years ago. Um, they go back and tell Trevor's dad, who for some reason felt compelled to go take a look at this rock. <clears throat> and. Uh, you know, Crystal, I believe he actually says there are no words to express the sort of feelings you get when you see this rock and touch it.
0: Now, seeing as the rock is the people's champion.
1: Sure enough, this rock is the most important thing that's ever happened in this family's life. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> the <clears throat> Johnsons were not in good shape. Uh, to quote the mother, monies were not good. Um. Despite the fact she was working as a receptionist, he was in prison corrections, but they are still struggling to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. And so naturally they do, you know, what is a very reasonable thing to do when you're in that sort of financial difficulty. They decide to open up a shop in the mall. Uh, And it's interesting. They mentioned that it was like a 100 square foot shop, which is.
0: I think it was a thousand square feet.
1: No, 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 no you're 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 i'm
0: sorry
1: oh yeah no it's fine you you are that figure is right but for later on no this this their initial uh decision to try to open a shop in this mall was a hundred square foot shop which is 10 feet by 10 feet
0: that's like basically my bedroom
1: (laughs) yeah um this so this is this seems like it'd be the kind of shop that like you're going in to uh s- send western union payments mostly if you're going into this place um but yeah uh and unsurprisingly this shop actually made matters worse and construction was running behind it was becoming another drain on them
0: well how much shit are you gonna put in a 100 square foot <laughs> shop what
1: <laughs> um you know i suppose Did like they even they- mention
0: what they're selling what they plan to sell there
1: not, not in this particular shop um, I mean, I guess if like you had a, a space that was narrow but long, so you know instead of like ten by ten, we're talking two and a half by forty or, or something um uh, you could probably like you know sell comic books in a space like that but yeah it, it 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 seems so strange but after the rock
0: and the rock will get in the ring and do exactly what he does best and that is layeth the smacketh down on your candy ass
1: things changed after the rock they get a call from the owner of the mall who offers them a thousand foot square shop at a re- extremely reduced rate or something And they're like, well, okay, but, you know, it's like, what are we going to sell? And da, da, da. Like, uh, we don't have the, you know, capital, blah, blah, blah. And the, the mall owner's like, we'll take care of the inventory for you. And then three days, and it turns out the inventory's dresses, this becomes a dress shop. Three days after the dress shop opens, they offer the husband the chance to become the manager of the movie theater. And less than a month after that, they offer him the they offer to let him buy the movie theater outright for what must have been a ridiculously low price. And so like by three months and one day after finding the rock, they've now also opened a candy store.
0: All of this seems to happen way too fast.
1: Yeah, to the point uh, where I
0: think they're kind of bullshitting the timeline.
1: Oh, do you think that that's, that's what's going on?
0: No, I think they're bullshitting everything, but I think...
1: Well, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> specifically how quickly all this happens, I think they may have exaggerated a bit.
1: Okay, I was thinking that maybe this was just a situation where real estate and renting just wasn't moving very quickly in this I think community. That's,
0: I think that's probably the other factor as well.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I... I think that was a big part of it. Um they the show brings in some sort of expert on I don't know, rock mythology or something. His name's Rick McClure and he says that the symbols cut in the rock are not of American Native American origin. Uh, that they were probably made in the 20th century and that they have no religious significance or magical powers
0: and you know what I call that is just some random graffiti on a rock
1: like there's a couple of teenagers and they're just cutting some uh, some you know symbols and shapes into a rock yeah mm-hmm. that's totally that that's that's the explanation <laughs> I see that's what it has to be that's what it is um <laughs> but and- is it? <laughs> or was it aliens (laughs) is it magic or coincidence that's 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 the sort of question that robert stack leaves us off off with
0: i don't even i feel like he's trying super hard not to laugh at how ridiculous (laughs) this line is that
1: he has to say if you watch this segment you'll notice he has this kind of smirk on his face
0: yeah
1: (laughs) i i i think i think you're right um you know but regarding this question magic or coincidence my thoughts are this that stupid goddamn idiots have all the luck uh these people made horrifyingly bad decisions
0: (laughs) yeah they did
1: yeah uh so you know and these people believe that a rock can be magical maybe uh, so naturally, sure the-
0: I'm pretty sure this family worships that rock now because they keep going back
1: to it, dude. Yeah, the segment ends with them, like the whole family by the stream. The kids are just sort of, you know, running around goofing off, but the father's like practically caressing the rock. Yeah. Um, but honestly, you know, uh, yeah, these these goddamn idiots have all the luck. They won the life lottery somehow by just being in the right place at the right time. Clearly like the mall manager or o- mall owner was like, shit, we have this thousand foot space and all this inventory. We need people to run this. Uh, g- gosh, these people trying to rent out the you know the space that used to be occupied by the Western Union kiosk. Um, you know they're, 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 they're fucked over because of the construction delays. We'll just have them you know we'll just let them run the sh- the, the shop. And if it's successful, great. And if it's not, you know, it's going to be their head. And then there was an opening at the movie theater. So they went ahead and offered the father the manager position. And somehow, like, they must have very, the movie, the mall must have very cheaply come into possession of the uh, movie theater ownership from the, whoever it was before. And so they just was like, we'll oh, just sell it to this guy for, you know, super cheap and we'll still be making a profit. And obviously the movie Willow was doing such gangbuster business in the mall.
0: I'm <laughs> glad you noticed
1: that. <laughs> Crystal, this was... <laughs> I, I, I I spent like half an hour after this segment watching uh, reviews of Willow on Cisco and Ebert at the movies. <laughs> trying to do research because first I was just, my first, first thought was like, first I want to make sure that this movie was actually out in theaters at the time that this segment's being portrayed. Yeah. You're doing your due diligence.
0: You've caught uh, that one from the 1920s was incorrect.
1: Exactly. But this, this appears to be, uh, this appears to be maybe, you know, completely uh, uh, on the mark because Willow was released in 1988 This segment takes place in 1988, Um, and Willow is indeed rated PG. And I guess three dollars was probably, uh, you know, standard matinee price for a film in this area at that time. And that's all there is to talk about this segment, because there's no such thing as Magic Rock. (laughs) Wow. Great memories, right? I still... yeah,
0: that was so good. I I remember that like it was yesterday.
1: Yeah, t- me too. I I distinctly recall what the day was 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 like when we were recording oh, that. Good old
0: days. Yeah, we were we were so fresh then.
1: <laughs> it's it's amazing to look back on the, on, on ourselves in the past. I uh. I feel I feel I feel like I'm a lot more confident now in my.
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yes, yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, but you know, it's it's funny uh, on the topic of how we were so fresh back then. I think that really leads into this upcoming segment, which um, I think uh, once uh, our listeners once they start to realize what the segment is and, and they recall though, they'll, they'll see what the connection is, and it is most definitely there. Yep. Let's
0: uh, let's hit the B roll. Let's go.
1: You know, this this was a, an incident in was it Texas? We'll just say Texas. It
0: was, uh, it was rural Oklahoma. That's rural what I have o- here.
1: Okay. Um, and this was a situation where the police came upon a car that was had crashed and was burning. There was someone inside. Um. Which they very quickly came to the conclusion that this was, you know, an accident because people crash cars all the time. Uh, I'm not trying to sound facetious there or something. I mean, people just they do. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. But for but the the twist that we have here is that when the and please correct me if I'm wrong. It seems that the husband came home from the the burning car like they had managed to contact him or, or something right um
0: yeah this bits a little bit confusing so the husband's name is Pat Conway
1: Pat Conway yes
0: and um he he owned the car and I, I it was either i my impression was that he had come home to a strange set of circumstances and then was contacted okay about the car um
1: okay yeah now all right that would make A little more well in some ways more sense in some ways not Um, I mean I I would say that someone who's just discovered their wife crashed the car Mm -hmm. and died in the process yes Uh, probably more emphasis on the latter Uh, uh, unless we're talking about the husband in the last segment tonight Um, uh, probably would not notice as many strange small things or maybe they would like I said we all handle death in our own way um, but yeah, like the way, just the way Robert Stack said it, like, you know, and then two hours after the incident, you know, Mr. Conway came home and to discover, um, you know, what he, uh, but I think, um, okay. Yeah. If we just run off the assumption that he just came home on his own, no knowledge of what's going on. Uh, I guess it would be. Some of the things he he noticed would seem strange because what what we had was like the the back the, the back door was open, right?
0: Um yeah, the back sliding glass door was open.
1: Okay, the back sliding glass door was open. Uh the iron was on?
0: Uh yep. The
1: uh there was a hose pouring water into the swimming pool. Yep. Uh there was a bath that had been run yep. with with a phone off the receiver, right next to it, and you know their their conjecture is that the wife was at home when some robbers tried to break in. They discovered her and created some sort of elaborate scenario where they try to make it look like she crashed her car uh, to conceal them having murdered her to protect their identities. But honestly, like what I was, what I found. You know interesting was like okay you know that yeah maybe some robbers broke into the house uh, or whatnot but what the heck was this wife doing that she
0: was trying to do too much <laughs>
1: i this, had that same yeah, thought what...
0: i had that same thought she was like <laughs> what was she gonna i guess maybe she was like ironing a shirt for when she got out of the bath okay um but that doesn't explain the hose going into the tub, I mean the hose going into the swimming pool.
1: Yeah, uh, like yeah, no. This 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 speaks of someone who just like can't stay focused. Like she's ironing yeah. her, she she's run her bath, and while the bath's running, she's ironing her shirt. Uh, and then you know, uh, either she's go goes out to like fill up the swimming pool because I guess she's planning on taking a a, a swim after her bath. Um, okay. Well, or, that
0: doesn't make any sense.
1: Either. Yeah, and then you know, and then having like a phone, which I mean, I, I guess there's probably households that have phones in the bathroom, but that just seems strange to me that there is just this like phone that looks like it should be on like you know uh, a stand in the living room, right next, and then left off the hook. I mean, obviously, there the, the 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 conjecture is she was trying to call the police. Yeah. So maybe she grabbed the phone, brought it into the bathroom and was trying to call from there, which would ex- maybe explain why the, the bathtub isn't overflowing because, you know, she she decides to, to shut it off in case the worst happens and, you know, her husband doesn't have to come home to a, um, a mess in the bathroom. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, this 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 speaks so much of someone who's so easily distracted that, Maybe, maybe she was just trying to do too much in the car and crashed it. Uh, Well,
0: I think, I think we're going to get to some details here that uh, undermine that theory a little bit.
1: Oh, yes, because she, she, she always carries her purse with her. Yeah. And most important of all, always drives with the windows up, air conditioning full blast.
0: Okay, listen, Robbie, (laughs) you know, I've had significant others and I've also had, uh par- parental units and family members I've spent a lot of time in the car with I don't think I could provide that level of detail about how they always <laughs> do so- that kind of like reeks of bullshit to me like I don't I don't know that I could describe like how my mother always drove the car You know what right. I mean
1: Right and you know like and obviously, this 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 woman is driving the car with not you know, not always with her husband in the car because he didn't seem uh, he didn't seem perplexed that she was driving somewhere without him around. Uh, so you know maybe like when she's alone, she likes to roll down the window and sing. Uh, who knows? I mean, I know that when I drive a car, there's no there's no guaranteed in you know unbreakable laws about whether I'm driving with the air conditioning on or off. If it's really hot, I'm gonna have the AC on. If it's like just normal 70 degree temperature outside, I might roll that window down and give my my car a, a break. Um, yeah, this this uh, this this is a guy who just I I don't know. Like I agree with you. He, he, there there's no way anyone could provide the absolute iron details that like she'll always have her purse with her. She'll, you know, always drive with the windows up. Um, I mean, because I mean, you know, this this is a woman who is trying to fill a, a a swimming pool, take a bath, make a phone call, iron clothes all at the same time. This is not someone who's like following just a, a normal set pattern in an organized manner. No,
0: she's she's living by her own rules for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there was a very uh weird interview, I thought, with the DA, where he he seems like he's a very angry person. I didn't catch his name, uh,
1: but he's guy uh, with mustache and glasses.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's every DA in the series, but <laughs> it's also every cop. Yeah. but um, Yeah. He said something about, you know, basically, if we're just patient, we keep our ear to the streets that criminals will start running their mouths about bragging about their crimes. But he said it. <laughs> With such, like, vitriol that I was like, okay.
1: <laughs> okay, I, I mean, you, you you saw vitriol, which I guess my initial reaction was just a lot of conviction. I mean, you know, the sort of certainty that one has when, that, you know, their wife is always going to drive around with the air conditioning on. Yeah. But I guess in retrospect, yeah, like, there was, there was definitely, like, anger underneath the surface here, and I... I don't know if that's just this anger that an injustice has been done or just that's that's Get <laughs> an anger about how, I mean, he just hates criminals so much and he's just, you know, they just, they're going to run their m- mouths off and, you know, that's how we're going to catch them. Uh, which I, I don't think is necessarily always how criminals are caught.
0: But
1: um, <laughs> maybe I would say, I would
0: say like... probably like, Seventy-five percent of the time, that's not how they're caught.
1: Maybe that explains why there's so many burglaries going on in this this community. <laughs> they have a DA that's pretty much convinced that unless there's like uh, a confession made in a bar as a brag to someone, uh-huh. <laughs> that you know you can't really go to trial without that.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. You need a you need a bar brag before you can before you can go to court. But, um. Uh, one of the one of the sorry i'm stomping all over your case but oh uh, no no that's fine one of, one of the things that left me a bit confused is that they said that the fire in the car was so hot that they couldn't identify uh, i'm well i'm playing a dangerous game here with how i'm sitting <laughs> hold on a second i got to readjust okay all right i almost fell down um, uh, they said that the fire the fire in the car was so hot uh, that but whoever's body it was, was burned beyond recognition. So they were relying on other things to identify the body. And one of the things that they found near the crash site was a church bulletin from the Conway's usual Sunday service. Uh, I don't know why that was necessarily relevant since his wife was missing and obviously in the car, but they made a big deal of this church bulletin for some reason.
1: Well, I guess the, the, right my, my interpretation was that uh, these criminals who set up the 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 scenario after having murdered her to like you know protect their identities they're like oh shit oh shit what what do we do um okay we'll stuff her body in the car uh you know like s- set in a situation where this you know we're gonna have this car going it'll crash somewhere uh and it'll look like an accident or, or whatnot. And I think what, what the husband was getting at with that, you know, she always drove around with windows up, um, was that clearly these criminals did not realize that, or or maybe it's like when they're they're getting ready to like let the car go, they need the window down so one of them can be like comically holding onto the steering wheel, trying to guide it into the bridge. Give me the ringer, chop chop. What what would have happened if like. They, they, they aimed wrong and the car just went in the river or something. I, I guess that would also kind of look like an accident. But in fact, how did they even kill her? Because uh, maybe they just like crashed the car and then just dumped gasoline all over it. That, oh, yeah, that's right. They, they, they did a whole experiment. Well, they finally did it. They killed my fucking car.
0: There was a whole proof of concept scene in the uh, in the laboratory, where they showed um, how adding gasoline is an accelerant to uh, the heat of the fire that was it, in the you car. Know,
1: you use the 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 expression "proof of concept" to describe the scene, which to me like feels a little more. Valid sciencey sounding. Then, like to me, it really kind of came off. Unlike the the first segment where you know they're, they're running tests and whatnot, uh-huh. this just seemed like a bunch of guys gathered around, like, "Hey, let's uh, let's just you know get a blowtorch and see what happens." I mean, it didn't seem like they were coming at it from like a a a set of standard science. There's just like, uh, I mean, th- this is the kind of like level of science that even I could probably do
0: well i mean they're coming at it from a Mythbusters level of science
1: right right um (laughs) and what were the results of that i didn't i didn't know
0: uh the fire burned real good was the result
1: (laughs) okay okay so the fire burned real good yeah uh, and because of that fire
0: is hot (laughs) what's the conclusion of that
1: (laughs) fire burns and because his wife uh you know the church bulletin flew out the car open, the you window. never drives around with the, the window up. I'm really hoping that this is just like a lot of bad police work and assumptions and that this was really just an accident. Uh, because, I mean, the fact that we didn't get an update would mean that if this was a actual homicide justice wasn't done that's kind of depressing to think yeah,
0: about well i mean we we might be getting an update in a future episode but i think where we leave it on this one is that pat's still looking for answers and that there's a reward out um i th- i think i think it's definitely foul play i think this this story goes a lot deeper than pat is letting on mm-hmm. um i think this is a real real fargo type situation if you know what i mean
1: yeah, but the deal was the car first, then the forty thousand, like as if it was the ransom. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness! You know, I I I didn't know what our ethics were going to be. Whether we were going to make those kind of assumptions about, uh, <laughs> um, you know that that's entirely possible. Well,
0: I'm not saying that Pat murdered his wife. That's not no, what no, I'm no, saying. no. I'm saying it's a Fargo-type situation where there was probably some sort of elaborate plot that has gone terribly wrong astray.
1: like she was going to be kidnapped for her rant. Um,
0: yeah why not
1: yeah yeah the in the uh, yeah well and before we we, we depart from this segment uh, i i just want to say that actually the thing that creeped me out the most about this episode were those curtains blowing from the open screen door yeah when, when I came home uh i i think Part of it was just the lighting, how dark it was. Like, you know, there could be like a you know one of the one of the suspects could be like hiding right then and there. Uh, also, but I think also just because it kind of seemed like the sort of thing that they might show in a ghost segment. Um, Definitely. Which, yeah. So so this since you know uh, since this was as close as we were going to get to a ghost uh, segment, I'm going to go ahead and give this give this. I guess just three stacks again.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it f- three as well. Um, it didn't quite do it for me in the way that the the Michigan horse incident did. Um, yeah. So I mean, I guess there's really not not much more to say since we don't get an update with this one.
1: Right. Right. Uh, I, presumably, Pat's still just staring off that bridge. These
0: this re actually- i'm having a, i'm dying laughing over here and i'm trying not to laugh into the mic
1: i'm actually really enjoying
0: this this is fun yeah. <laughs> all right uh series time okay uh robbie wow that uh that really said it all that last clip i feel like
1: absolutely uh you know i i feel like if there's any segment that perhaps might be a definitive example of both the show Unsolved Mysteries as well as our podcast, mm. it was probably mm-hmm. that segment.
0: Yeah. 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 I'm wondering, though, maybe is there another segment that, we're, that we should queue up just now that might even be more of a representational piece a what what's the word i'm looking for a uh the um pinnacle yes of our body of work that uh we can introduce right now
1: well as it so happens uh i know we we hit we put together some exhaustive lists beforehand and i'm Mm -hmm. fairly certain Mm -hmm. that so much time spent on that absolutely uh i'm fairly certain that Our listeners will definitely agree that this next segment is Mm. pinnacle rump.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: Preach. Yes.
0: So in case you were wondering why you just got a 20-some-odd minute intro of us just chatting, we usually don't do that. We usually keep it at about five minutes. Um, It's because this... See what is this episode 12 of season 2 of unsolved mysteries um was a big fat stinker I have to question why they put two lost love segments in the same episode. Like probably one is too many, and <laughs> right. there are two. It's they like bookend the the episode, and then and we'll get into it. Um, but there's a, also a final appeal, uh, mm. which has so much detail in it. Uh, <laughs> considering we can do nothing about this poor man's situation.
1: I was saying that there appeared to be a new intro sequence for the show. Oh, okay. I don't what's, know.
0: what's different? I, I, felt, okay. I felt like in my heart that it was different, but I wasn't able to like identify what was different.
1: Well, it's just like it's a different collection. Uh, you know, It's mostly just a different collection of clips from the show, but I feel like in addition to that, the previous uh, intros – would you know mix in images of like families reuniting and stuff um this was just straight out all action like guys bursting into a bank with guns wow um a girl being like picked up and carried off by a guy and thrown into a car um a a bunch of matches being lit at once which which i assume is the Prelude to some sort of arson type thing mm-hmm. I mean it, it is just like Action packed and the complete Antithesis of yeah I was gonna Say
0: it kind of would lead the viewer To believe that you were getting uh, An interesting episode Of uh, unsolved mysteries Yeah to follow
1: Yeah in, and... Which we did not At all <laughs>
0: no we didn't um, So uh, what I What I did notice and so we have this Brand new intro and then you know, Stack is doing his narration in the beginning of the episode, and he's, like, in a prison. Yes. And I noticed in the background there was some, like, really weird stuff going on with, like, the fake prison guards. <laughs> like,
1: Wasn't there? They were very, like, I...
0: robotic, and they were, like, entering the frame and then just standing on a wall. I mean, it, it <laughs> felt it felt like kind of like some really high concept, like, performance art going on in the background. <laughs>
1: It's avant garde.
0: <laughs> it was very avant garde. Again, leading us to believe this will be a very interesting episode on solved mysteries. Um, <laughs> so, so the first segment, um, as we were teased uh, in the last episode about the hatbox baby. Yeah. Um. So here's the story. I'll be I'll be very brief. On uh, Christmas Eve of 1931, in the chilly Arizona desert. Uh, a car broke down and a a couple uh, who's out for a drive with the with their young cousins um you know they're investigating the car and there's a whole reenactment um you know they're wearing old-timey clothes and stuff and so yeah. uh the husband says watch out for scorpions wife <laughs>
1: Which I, I found that to be a ridiculous statement at first. But, you know, I was looking at her shoe. I, I, I figured maybe it all depends on her shoes. Like if she's just got some strappy stuff, maybe that's maybe that's actually pretty good advice. Uh, but I don't feel like being someone who lives in the desert myself, um, when I just put on a normal pair of shoes and I go outside scorpions are never really at the forefront of my mind.
0: Have you even actually seen a scorpion where you live? No. Yeah, I lived in the desert, too. I never saw a scorpion.
1: Yeah, I I hear about them all the time. I have never seen any.
0: Yeah, I never... Fortunately, because I would have clawed my eyes out, I never saw a tarantula either, but I heard about them, like...
1: Yeah, you know... In people's
0: garages and stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, I hear about that, too, and I don't encounter it. Like, I I have... I have friends in Civil War reenacting who live like 10 minutes away from me and they like catch um, tarantulas all the time at their place.
0: Are do they happen to be pure evil? Or are they just like attracting terrible <laughs> spiders to their property or Well,
1: I don't I don't know if this is like some sort of Kingdom of the Spiders starring William Shatner scenario or or what. I think it's well, it might have something to do with like they're kind of up in the hills, so maybe they're closer to mm-hmm. whatever Tarantula life cycle thing happens. If you mm. know about tarantulas, go ahead and tweet at us. Or at you Renacted know, just please
0: keep that shit to yourself. Um, <laughs> it would be my opinion. Uh, you know, I did run into snakes from time to time. Not even rattlesnakes, just like garden snakes. Yeah, I did, I did encounter some snakes, but I've they weren't like enc- scary snakes.
1: Right. Yeah. Same here. I've had some encounters. I mean, all the snakes I've run into. You know, like, like you say, they're, they're not rattlesnakes. They're just like these smaller snakes and they're, um, and, and let me like, uh, the one, one time I came across one in the house. Um, yeah, though that I'm not super concerned about that because that was back when my mom was still alive and in her last year or so she would kind of just leave the door open all the time if she went out or in which she did all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming one just sort of came in through that route. Mm-hmm. And let me let me tell you like and he went he went when I saw him he like he, like I was coming out of her bedroom and he was in the living room right next to my room and as soon as I stepped it c- came into view Um, the one thing that kind of had me reassured, like, you know, he's just a small, like, green snake, and he darted into my bedroom, Mm -hmm. and and his, the the manner in which he did that, it was like the purest body language expression of, oh, shit, (laughs) that I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Like, he was clearly a lot more afraid of me than him.
0: Oh, Uh, man, snakes are cool. Well, um, so anyway... So this, so, so this couple, I'm pretty sure she's wearing closed-toed shoes because the story that they're going with is that they've been out for a hike and picnic. Uh, up, this is up in I think it's near Mesa, Arizona. Yeah. Um. Anyway, good hiking country. Uh. So, so the, so the wife does not find a scorpion. She does not find a snake. Instead, she finds a hat box. Now, a hat box. Is a kind of fancy. It's a big box that ladies would keep their hats in when ladies would wear fancy hats. Um, and in that hat box was a baby, as you might have guessed, because I introduced <laughs> the segment <laughs> as Hat Box Baby. Um, so the couple brings the baby to the Mesa cops. Um, the baby's only seven days old. And, Robbie, wouldn't you say what an incredible bit of good fortune that on a chilly Arizona night that a couple's car happens to break down right by where someone had left a baby in a hat box? Wouldn't you say just the, the sheer luck of this happening? And the baby is, is healthy uh, and and had only but mere moments before appeared to have been left outside right
1: right this baby hadn't suffered any sort of heat stroke or scorpion no. attacks or anything um
0: in fact they they uh they they take the um baby to a uh local midwife an old an old biddy, who had mm-hmm. who had helped all the babies and you know midwife's likes baby looks great doctor comes in says that's a nice looking baby uh they so they guess it's about to be seven days old um so that was in December. The baby's adopted out by February. Uh, there... it didn't it? Yes.
1: I'm sorry. Like, there's so much reenactment stuff. I'm not sure if you want me to like interject in no, or but, just talk no, all. But, about... I,
0: no, we can talk about the reenactment. I was just getting through the getting through the deets first. But but, but please.
1: Oh, wait, okay. Well, wait a get 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 through get through the yeah, deets. Yeah. So so don't, so the don't actually is... have to.
0: Okay, so there's a, so the baby gets adopted out. There was, like, a whole parade of couples that wanted this baby. Um, the, judges, the, judge, the judge of uh, babies awarded the baby to some mystery parents. Um, the adoption case was closed. Um, then in 1986, the adoptive mother told her then 50-year-old daughter that she had been adopted and, and told her about this whole hat box situation the daughter was shocked and so we're hearing this story basically from the from the now middle-aged daughter who who was abandoned in hatbox so she's basically the one telling us all the story and then um, and now this company called orphan voyage is taking up this woman Sharon's cause and they want to open the adoption file yeah so that's and the story that's the, the story. story okay.
1: That's everything that happened. <laughs>
0: That's everything that happened. So what, let's break down this reenactment.
1: Yeah. Um, I actually, I found several things of interest in the initial depiction of the baby finding, quote unquote. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not an expert on cactuses. There aren't any in my part. Yeah, I know. Uh I, I, I what were you were were you hoping on for me to carry the load on that?
0: Yeah, I was uh, I mean I was not prepared to speak on cactuses today. So Yeah.
1: Well you know,
0: well it's cacti- just like, cacti. See, that's c- how much of an expert I'm not. I said cactuses.
1: Cac- oh, cacti, you're right. Yes. Well, it's just like I found it interesting because you had all those like the sort of cactuses that are flat um, you know, shaped, not the like the large, tall um tall ones that I actually saw on my trip through Arizona a few days ago. Uh, and there's a big cluster of them that the hat box is uh, next to. And I, you know, I'm no expert, but it, do they grow so close to each other like that? I almost felt like they like went to some sort of garden center mm-hmm. and got a bunch and just put them together together. Because there's like nothing else in the background of cactus related, and then when the the husband is coming over, Mm -hmm. like and was it just me or did that guy seem to be built, like he was large, physically.
0: Were you turned on a little?
1: Uh, more like. I more like along the lines of I would be intimidated by, <laughs> by Oh, okay. Him. <laughs>
0: um, I I did not notice the largeness of the husband, but okay. um, there there was some dubious cactus placement, to be yeah. certain.
1: Yeah. and when he came over, and you know, like you was like, there's a hat box, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he's like, uh, he he seems almost skeptical <laughs> that there would be a hat box and. Why would anyone leave it out here and he like he's coming along and he says, Of course, it don't look that weathered and as he's saying that, you hear this thud. Was that his like foot kicking the hat box? <laughs> I assumed it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean
0: I I suppose I mean let's run down this scenario. You know, you and I are out we're we're on a trip through the desert. Mm-hmm. And our car breaks down, and and I get out to take a walk, and I find this hat box. Yeah, you know. I think I, the I... likelihood is yeah, I I would I would kick it. <laughs> <laughs> because I because like listen, you could we could open this hat box. Anything could be in there. It could be several snakes. Yeah. The hat box could in fact be full of scorpions. The hat box could be full of old pornography. We don't know. <laughs> What's in the? I I think baby would be like uh, the very last thing that I would assume is going to be in a hat box in the middle oh, of the desert.
1: Oh yeah, it's not even going to be in my top ten thousand. Yeah,
0: I think I think old discarded porno would be probably top three though. That's why I mentioned it. Yeah, I, I, I always I, anticipate finding that out in the woods. Or
1: God, well, yeah, old discarded porno. <laughs> you're you're yeah. I I know that when I work in every conservation related job I've ever had. Oh really. I, I've always found old oh, discarded porno. Yeah. Um, like uh, once, like my coworker and I were out when I was working for Nevada state parks and I saw this like packet of papers that had been stapled together mm-hmm. after we were doing like a, a cleaning of a bathroom. And when I was done, I saw it and I walked over cause I thought it was someone's like uh, uni- uh college paper. And I picked it up and it was a printout of all these different sex positions. <laughs> it was it was a horrifying experience but Hmm. yeah and did you notice that like in the robert stack narration he refers to the baby they found as a foundling
0: uh yeah i did notice that and i was thinking at the time that's not a word you hear very often
1: no i i I mean, if it had been anyone other than Robert Stack, I would have assumed it was a made-up word. But since it was him, I actually went and I looked it up, and then, yeah, it's it's actually a term term for like you know, a child without parents or something.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. Um, Robbie, do you do you want to make any guess as to exactly? why you think this couple was able to find this baby in the hat box in the desert
1: um
0: they make they make some suggestions on the in the segment itself
1: the force
0: the force <laughs> as in
1: Star Wars <laughs> you think, you think
0: the force led them to well, it's you know there's that <laughs> Uh, It's always a possibility,
1: (laughs) or, or I guess it could be, you know, another, probably slightly more plausible possibility is the scenario they did outline in the show. Um, did you want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I was just in the show. They kind of suggest that maybe it was a family member. And, uh, you know, a young girl maybe got pregnant outside a wedlock and, um, you know, in order to save face, you know, the, a family member that w- of the couple that found the baby, maybe this was all prearranged. So, you know, she wouldn't be, the girl, um... Wouldn't be implicated in anything. She wouldn't be shamed, essentially, and then the baby could find a good home. So, I mean, that was basically what they said in the show that they think actually happened. It wasn't, it wasn't a total accident. It had all been arranged beforehand.
1: It, it's kind of an interesting commentary on what things were like in the 1930s. Um, that you you would yeah. actually have to put together an elaborate scenario like this
0: yeah well I mean not even just the 1930s we're talking about probably basically up until the advent of
1: hormonal birth control right
0: right Um, yeah and and then even and then even after uh, I would say you know it's this idea of women having children out of wedlock openly is still very new (laughs) Right, um, right. So, uh, yeah, it it is it does say a lot that they had to like concoct this elaborate scheme to to uh, you know save the save the baby, I guess. Um, yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the segment, though, I don't. There's no. There's no update. We yeah, don't, she... we don't find out who Sharon's it... parents
1: are. Yeah, she, I, 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 I guess she didn't find out either.
0: Well, I. you know, Sharon would probably be about, geez, 80 years old? 87?
1: Right, right. I, I would think she would have to be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there are some things that I found interesting. Like, in the depiction, in the reenactment of how the judge was going through the different couples who wanted the baby. Mm. And the they have it down to the last two and the judge was saying something like well since you already have an adopted child and they don't i'm going to give it to them and that that seems like a really arbitrary way of going about it like it's not, ba- not it's not based on the relative merits of the couples it's just like well you already have a kid and they don't so i'm going to engage in some baby communism i i, I that, that didn't sit right with me um, and then also judicial related is I like how when they depict um, you know decades later when she's trying to like get the her records unsealed mm-hmm. the judge who's, um, uh, who's who's deciding that yeah you know, okay we'll we'll get the records unsealed I'm assuming this is one of those cases where it was like the actual judge in the reenactment because this guy was not an actor he seemed really nervous about being on screen and was, it was not, it was not flowing at all. Um, uh, But probably for, for me, the most interesting thing in this segment was all the old newspaper clippings. Uh, I I thought it was, you know, I mean, one aspect is it's kind of interesting if you think about it, like this woman like discovers that she was this famous baby Mm-hmm. In a way, how crushing would that be to realize that you pretty much peaked? You <laughs> <He> peaked <laughs> it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing she did will do from here on out will ever meet or exceed that. Um, but but one of the newspaper not, not when she was looking through uh, the newspapers, but earlier when the baby gets found and they show a newspaper clipping – Um, like, you know, baby found in desert or something. Did you notice like what the article below it was about? I I did not. It was, it was, and this, this will probably end up becoming a dated reference, but before anyone who's listening to the, this episode at the time it drops, it's talking about, uh, eruptions continuing at, Kill oh i did notice you. i did notice yeah. that
0: yeah i did notice that i thought that was really wild considering um uh, Cur-
1: that's currently underway yeah, again uh,
0: yes yeah that's yeah that was crazy um oh. i hope she got that uh 23 me i hope she got that ancestry.com you know what i'm saying
1: <laughs> oh shucks yeah she uh, that was one of the things she talked about She 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 really like she's like i don't even know what you know nationality I am so um hopefully she lived long enough that she could live in an era where she could at least find out like oh I'm five percent finish
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: interest
0: um well if unless you have more doubt I'm 100 percent finished with this uh episode Whoa, <laughs> that was that was interesting
1: yes I that was
0: interesting
1: you know, you don't really see too many cases like that, even on the show Unsolved no. Solved Mysteries.
0: No, totally, totally unique. They haven't, uh, they didn't do that before. I don't think they've done it since,
1: you know? It, it really sticks out. Like, yeah, I mean, we, we got some pretty boiler, so, after four years of doing this podcast and for, you know, watching mm-hmm. five seasons of mm-hmm. the show, th- there's some stuff that seems pretty boilerplate, but I think mm-hmm. that one, as you said, it truly stands out.
0: Yeah, that was a special segment, and also we were very funny during it. Oh, I importantly.
1: <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I was in stitches the entire time. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was a that was that was a classic. You know, people still talk to me about that one. Oh, well, like come up to me,
1: uh, y- and
0: say, "Hey, remember?" And I'll be like, "Yeah, I do remember." I, I do remember that was a fun that was a fun segment.
1: I gotta say it's probably it makes up at least half of the social media engagement I get on a bit mm-hmm. based on this show. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: That was a really popular
1: one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: Robbie, what do we have next? What's coming up next?
1: Well, I think um, probably just about everyone listening was really hoping that this mm. for this ne- next segment to be included. And, sure enough, we did not disappoint. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, here you guys go. Yep. You ask for it, you get it. Here it is, once again. Fan favorite. Unsolved mystery segment. Boom, boom. Reenacted segment.
1: Ba, 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 boom, here we go. <laughs>
0: Alright, well... The last segment—it's um, the one—it's the one we've been waiting for.
1: We've we've talked about this. We talked about this segment months before we even recorded our first episode. Yeah,
0: so we've been in uh, anticipation we, for years now that this was coming. And,
1: and we was, didn't like—we didn't look it up where it was in the view order. We're mm-mm. we're just like it's—it's it's just going to happen when it happens, and when yeah, it happens, and, it's going to be amazing.
0: And today's the day that it happened. Yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, the final son of a bitch of this episode, (laughs) Edward Bell. (laughs) So it's been uh, James Earl Ray, uh, you know, I'd say Harry Young's crimes are a pale in comparison to James Earl Ray and Edward <laughs> Bell's, but
1: yeah, I I think we can we can grant Harry that at least, right? He's <laughs>
0: yeah, we can.
1: He yeah.
0: um, presumably only killed people in the context of being in the military. Okay, uh, so yeah. well, for the first thing we're gonna we're gonna talk about Susan, and uh, Susan is the interview Susan. And She is interviewed and all, and she's, said, uh, "What do you call that when you're masking someone's?" Um,
1: oh, yeah, your your you, your face is blotted out.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's in she's yeah. in shadow, right? Um, her, I believe it's her real mm-hmm. voice that's being used; it's not being um altered in any way. Uh, but the yeah. the segment starts with <laughs> a bang, literally. So Susan was at her home, and um susan's was doing her makeup in the bathroom and whipping her hair around and like putting on blush and she goes and takes the cosmetics mirror the compact and she's powdering her nose and what does she see in the cosmetics mirror she sees a large man standing behind her in her uh private bathroom and so someone had broken in and uh that
1: that moment in the reenactment was, like, more terrifying yes. than than most scary movies out there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was pretty yeah. terrifying. But you know what? Susan said, not today, motherfucker. She said, not today. <laughs> and Susan kicks this man's ass out of her bathroom. <laughs> grabs yeah. the gun out of her nightstand. I mean, please also... Um, She was using a gun very recklessly. (laughs) Uh, Don't do this. But anyway, it looked cool. Um, Susan, so this guy starts booking it, right? Because now she's got the gun, right? She's kicked his ass. She's like, get out of here. I mean, the reenactor in this was fantastic. This woman just like gave this dude hell. And so there's a scene where Susan's running her out of her house. This guy's back in his truck. She's firing at the truck just wildly shooting this pistol out in the street where you know anyone else could have been i guess uh don't do please don't do this um but it it looked cool and so she hit his truck a couple of times um and she went down to the police station and the police station are go- having her go through the book which is like anyone who's been picked up for an arrest in the area you know anyone with a record and she doesn't see anyone uh she recognizes and then <clears throat> yeah a couple weeks later, Susan is in her dining room reading uh, the newspaper and she sees a picture of a man named Edward Bell. And she said that's she turns to her husband in the reenactment. And she says, that's the guy who broke into the house. It's this guy. And Edward Bell had at that point been arrested for the crime. The next part of this segment. OK, so that's we're done with Susan. Susan. Susan said not today. And Edward tore out of there. Well, another, we're going to go into Pasadena, Texas. Now I was very confused because they kept saying Pasadena. I was like, but I thought this was in Texas. Anyways, doesn't matter. There's a man (laughs) uh, named Larry Dickens. Who in this reenactment and Connor, please get the air horns or sirens or whatever you want to get ready for this. Uh, This reenactment is what I believe to be the debut performance on television of no other than Matthew McConaughey
1: all right all right all right oh man
0: (laughs) so we're here we're here we made it to the Matthew McConaughey episode um Larry Dickens is we see him at first he's mowing uh, he's living at home with his mother and his younger sister at this point in Pasadena Texas um uh I guess maybe his his do- his larry had a daughter i don't know if the daughter is also in the house i don't know what's really going on but he's he's there for the summer anyway larry's out mowing the lawn in the sexiest way he possibly can <laughs> and um you'll never convince me there wasn't a female director of this segment <laughs> because like there's a slow pan-up shot of um the lawnmower which is one of those push ones and then we pan up to uh L- Matthew McConaughey's open shirt and his stomach and his chest where just like the perfect amount of sweat is like trickling down it's fucking gratuitous <laughs> it's <all> the mysteries. <laughs> and then they like he takes a moment to just like sexily wipe his brow
1: <laughs> like woo oh, working this- up
0: a sweat out here
1: yeah uh, and this is before Matthew McConaughey was a thing so it's not like they're trying to like maximize maximize their McConaughey time no, this it was is his just debut like, performance
0: so yeah. you know he's just he's just actor meat at this point um, in his career okay so Larry's out there cutting the lawn Dorothy his mother is in the kitchen washing dishes and she looks out the, to the street where there's a group of children playing and um this part is a little uncomfortable, so I'll try not to be too graphic, but uh, a man pulls up in a pickup truck and he gets out of the pickup truck and he has no pants or underpants on and he starts walking towards mm. the children and, you know, bad. This is, this is bad. And so. Very bad thing. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Don't do it. Um. So Dorothy calls to uh Larry to say, hey, can you hey can you do this and larry you know sexily runs out there and uh he's you know he says to this guy he's like uh somehow he gets a hold of the guy's keys to his truck
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and uh he gets the guy away from the the pantsless guy away from the group of children and he kind of larry backs this man up against his truck and the guy's like putting his because Larry's out there like put your pants on and you know the guy puts <laughs> his pants on or whatever but while he's putting his pants on he grabs a handgun this not Larry the other guy with the truck
1: mm-hmm.
0: grabs the handgun and and shoots Matthew McConaughey as Larry Dickens several times oh god yeah and uh it's pretty terrifying um you know I'm, I'm emphasizing a lot on matthew mcconaughey being in this but the woman who was reenacted the woman who reenacted for susan was also incredible but also this guy who's i mean obviously i'm talking about edward bell right because he was part of the, the first yeah. part of the segment um the guy who's playing edward bell is also incredibly creepy in this reenactment it's um,
1: like so, I mean, if yeah, if, if we remove the Matthew McConaughey aspect of this, mm-hmm. I feel like we'd both be like still really like into this segment because it's oh, yeah. just like a really tense, uh, yeah. well-made segment. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's like it's like a te- it's like a ten-minute action movie that unsolved mystery. Yeah. and so um, you know, at this point, Dorothy runs out to uh, tend to um. Larry, who's been shot, and at this point Edward Bell has gone back into his truck. Now, Edward Bell didn't leave, and at this point, uh Larry's younger sister Donna is pulling up from whatever she was doing in her car, and mm-hmm. she sees she sees this man get a shotgun out of his truck and walk into their garage and shoot. Larry so she sees this guy yeah I don't think she sees the shooting she's not she's not able to see that but she sees kind of what's happening uh Donna yeah. uh immediately blocks this truck in to stop him the cops have already been called at this point because of the pantsless incident right so they're already on the way
1: the kids in this family are like fearless like Larry yeah. goes and takes this guy on yeah. and then like his sister sees like this guy has a shotgun in this yeah like yeah and she like she just goes ahead and drives her car in to try to like box him in like yeah whoa yeah. i mean at the
0: at the point where like larry is being held at gunpoint he still didn't turn the keys over and oh yeah
1: like i mean he, he fights like the whole like the whole time he like yeah yeah
0: at that point When someone's pointing a gun at you, you say, here are your keys, and it becomes the police's problem. Stop trying to be a hero, because I'm so serious (laughs) about this. If you have a gun pointed at you, you do not have the upper hand anymore. You know, who's to say Larry might have still gotten shot if he handed the keys over? But maybe he wouldn't have. Right. Maybe this, you know, Edward Bell would have just driven away, and Larry would still be alive.
1: What he should have done, and this is something I learned about, like, if someone tries to mug you for your wallet. Mm Mm-hmm. Is uh, is that like you're what you what you what you're supposed to do is throw your wallet as far behind them as possible mm-hmm. and then run away. Street nice yeah. Because then you present them with the the dilemma of like, do they chase after you or do they go and get the wallet? Yeah. Uh, and I I kind of feel like you should have done the same thing with the keys, like throw them as far behind uh, Ed as possible.
0: Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, who's yeah. to say? I mean, we can retcon this all we want. Who's to say? But right, right. Yeah,
1: I, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not trying yeah. to Monday quarterback Larry. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. when 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 the situation happens, we just we react how we react, and you right. know, it's exactly. It's, and I yeah. think you know yeah.
0: maybe his maybe his you know his adrenaline was up or whatever, and he didn't want to back down. But I don't. I, you know, yeah. maybe there was something that could. Well, yeah. Me. I mean, like, I
1: if if you. I mean, if you see a guy exposing himself to a bunch of kids, uh, that's that's probably guaranteed to like get you kind of angry.
0: Uh, uh yeah. I know, I think.
1: yeah. Well, I'm not yeah. saying.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on a second. I'm not saying Larry was wrong to inter- intervene.
1: No, 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 no. I'm not suggesting that. <laughs> I, I'm. I'm just. I'm just saying, like, you know, like. I mean, even with the gun pointed at him, he's yeah. he's like because you mentioned he, he he was probably having an adrenaline thing. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm I'm thinking mm-hmm. like. He was so, you know, he was probably so ramped up from like seeing like, you know, one of the most outrage inducing things that like a normal person could, you know, see Mm -hmm. that he was probably just like, you know, just full on in that mode and probably would have been for like half an hour after that Ed guy had left. if, if if, If he had just left, yeah
0: totally so yeah this so at this point um donna runs back into the house and um you know donna's giving a good portion of the interview as well as larry's actual mother um Mm -hmm. you know she says that you know her brother died in her arms and eventually like very shortly after that the police do show up because remember they'd already been called by dorothy the mother when the pantslessness was happening before Larry even got involved. So, um, yeah. So the police show up now, holy shit. Unsolved mystery sure gave us a car chase. <laughs> the
1: police show up. <laughs> oh man. There's a, a, yeah. There's a, in,
0: like a hero shot of a cop car, you know, one of those big old ones from the eighties doing like a J turn to get behind, uh, the truck that's, as it's leaving the scene. Um, and the
1: guy and the guy on the motorbike too mm -hmm. yeah yeah
0: okay so here's the thing so uh did i say larry's leaving the scene i'm sorry edward (laughs) whoops as edward's leaving the scene um okay so edward um you know they they the cops jam up edward in a cul-de-sac uh he he tries to shoot at so what happens in the segment is Edward pulls the rifle out. I guess it was a rifle, not a shotgun. I'm sorry. He pulls the rifle out, pulls it on the cop on the motorcycle. The the cop on the motorcycle bails on his bike. So the bike goes flying. <laughs> the cops to avoid like getting shot, I guess. And then, um, the, the rifle jams anyway. So they're actually able to arrest Edward. Uh, yeah. so now you might be wondering what kind of segment is this? <laughs> well, it was a wanted segment <laughs> when we started it. And, um, you're like but they arrested the guy well they sure did well guess what he they let this some judge let him out on bail 2 months later and of course he doesn't he disappears Can you break? yeah uh
1: he was able to quietly liquidate was it 140,000 uh, dollars mm, worth of yeah. assets that yeah. he went on the run with yeah yeah
0: okay so there is an update and this is actually labeled an update and uh, bill ends up being arrested um, extra, he was in Panama, I guess, and he was extradited back to the U.S. to stand trial. Um, <clears throat> but that, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, one of the things I missed out on the, um, timing here. So the m- murder of, uh, Larry Dickens was 1978, okay? And yeah. it's in 1993 when this episode airs that, uh, Edward Bell gets picked up and so he was free for a really long time um, they extradited him back he's got first degree murder charges he was sentenced to 70 years in prison and then another thing um, that the update mentioned is that he was also suspected in the um, disappearance of six young girls from Ugh. an era so this guy was like a you know now I wonder if knowing all of that if Susan was like <sighs> Oh boy i really really escaped something there after she found all this right. out, you know
1: sort of interesting too to learn that he was hiding out in panama mm-hmm. uh apparently trying like uh doing goat um gold panning
0: uh, yeah
1: or panning for goat yeah which i mm-hmm. guess I mean, I, I, if you're, I suppose if you're, you know, you're trying to like make money, but also trying to stay on the down low, low, mm-hmm. that's probably a, 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 a good way to go about it. Cause then you know, you just, you just take the gold into like whatever, you know, precious metal shop in small amounts and get some cash. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Well, I'm glad this piece of shit is, what, presumably in still prison. Is he still alive?
0: um oh no according to the wiki he died on april 20th 2019 from undisclosed causes at the age of 82
1: nice nice yeah
0: died in prison so um well i mean unfortunately there's this other question of these other girls which we don't have any answers yeah that. it was just yeah like, it's one thing led into another with this the story of edward bell so Uh, yeah
1: i i wish we knew more about this uh thing but i I guess they weren't i I assume then they weren't able ever able to like really piece all that together Mm -hmm.
0: yeah um well it happened it's the matthew mcconaughey episode yeah Yeah. and uh he died (laughs) heroically (laughs) it's a good good job matthew mcconaughey you did a Hell of a bang-up job on your first TV appearance way back in 1993.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it, like, again, I, I will say it, like, even if I didn't know this was Matthew McConaughey, this reenactment and his performance would have stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he did. Yeah, yeah he
0: did. He, good acting. A plus. Um, yes. Robbie, did I ever tell you that I saw Matthew McConaughey? um in person once it's one of my, it's my only like a-list celebrity sighting i've ever had i've had plenty of celebrity sightings but this is like truly the a-list one wait
1: you're you're you're, you're not you're not bumping the guy who played the insurance salesman in groundhog's day up into the same tier as matthew McConaughey. well <laughs> i mean steven Tablowski yeah. is
0: uh, america's number one character actor but i don't think Anyone's yeah I, yeah, no, yeah you,
1: you're, I, you're, you're right I mean we is gonna be a bigger box office poll. Yeah. Yeah. um I don't you know I don't I want to say I almost feel like you've teased that this has happened to me and that you're gonna like yeah. tell me when we got to this point but I'm not yeah. sure if I'm just imagining that that happened or, or
0: not. Uh, well it's not much of a story I was just like getting of going through security at LAX and mm-hmm. there was like a wall of paparazzi and then I'm like why are all these cameras here it's really weird at LAX there's like you can be a paparazzi but you have to stand behind a certain line so basically you can photograph celebrities getting <laughs> off their flights like they're in a zoo it's very strange and I don't know why the <laughs> airport allows that to happen uh, so I'm oh, going LA. to catch yeah I, it's very weird um <clears throat> All, you know, all my L.A. people know what I'm talking about, though. Uh, so I was going through secu- security. I was standing in line to go catch a flight as Matthew McConaughey and his family were waiting for their ride or whatever out of LAX to escort them through this wall of paparazzi. But I just remember, like, he was wearing, like, a a cap and he was chewing gum. He's very okay. short. Okay. Not a tall, not yeah. a big man, Matthew McConaughey. He's a very short guy
1: yeah most actors like most of the time when i've encountered actors like they're always really tiny people Mm -hmm. in real life Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah
0: i mean if if you want to know my other list of celebrity encounters at airports we can go through that (laughs) (laughs) there's steven toblowski um i was on a flight with david caruso once Um,
1: oh, that's fun. (laughs) Yeah, that is fun.
0: Well, I was also on the same. I I was didn't just see Stephen Toblowski at the airport. I was on the same flight as him. So I was boarding the plane. And so I had to walk past first class because I'm not up there. (laughs) Let's, let's be real. But you know, you know, Stephen's got the miles. He's up there. He's up there. Yeah. And so I walked I walked by uh, him, and I looked him right in the eye, and I nodded at him. And he smiled at me, and he nodded back, just kind of like, I know who you are. I'm not going to say anything, mm-hmm. but I recognize mm-hmm. you. <laughs> and I just went back and said that. And then, uh, yeah, and then one time I saw Guy Fieri at SFO.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that was also the same day. I was coming back into the country, and it was the same day that Obama was on the news announcing that, Osama bin Laden had been killed. So that was that was really a banner day. It was like Osama bin Laden was oh, dead. Oh, yeah. And I saw here. Two, two,
1: two, two for one on in the on the same same day. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, uh, this has been reenacted on Soul Mysteries Podcast. <laughs> um, if you, you if... want to put some coins in the slot, we have a Patreon that's patreon.com slash reenacted pod. Uh Robbie. Robbie's usually the one that does all the social media plugs.
1: At reenacted pod, or no, uh, uh, on Twitter. Um, and did I then, did I mess uh, with your
0: mojo because I went out of order? Because <laughs> you're usually oh god. i
1: <laughs> Well, not 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 so much that you went first, but now I'm like I'm doubt like uh, it's reenacted pod, right? Or Twitter
0: at reenacted pod on Twitter, yes
1: at reenacted pod and then uh same with our gmail right reenacted pod at, at, at gmail.com
0: gmail. if you want to tell us how much um, we suck privately which is appreciated uh,
1: yeah uh, <laughs> we just face, like the
0: attention <laughs> i
1: i i don't i won't i yeah i won't i won't refuse the i won't refuse any attention yeah um uh facebook find us on there um and then uh, uh if you're going to go on iTunes mm-hmm. and listen to us, and you like us, uh, give us five stars, please. Yeah, but if you but don't, if you like, don't us, like us,
0: just send us an email.
1: Yeah, don't 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 even log into iTunes. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't even don't, don't you don't, know, do.
0: just don't say anything. Really, you could just keep yeah. that information private and to yourself.
1: Uh, uh,
0: Robbie, do you want to do the thing?
1: Join us next week for another edition of Unsolved Mystery.
0: Is that quite enough of that?